Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience powered by Gasoline Alley Harley-Davidson. Today's guest is Australian songwriter, recording artist and social media personality, Michaela Cook, aka Mix. Hello, how are you? Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming into the studio for one thing. No and uh, yeah, thanks for coming out and for a ride. It was, I'm still like have that adrenaline coursing through my body and my legs are still shaking just a little bit. You were okay. a touch nervous this morning, hey? I have, I've played to thousands of people before. I've done some pretty crazy things, but I have never been that nervous Seriously? as I was this morning. Yeah. I don't know why. What? First time on a bike, I guess yep. that would power it on, but. Without it just stationary. Yeah, just stationary <laughs> a smoke machine, but. Yeah. No, was it good? It was good? It was exhilarating. Yeah, it's very yeah. addicting. All right. So we went on the uh, 2020 trike uh, and then we uh, we went basically from, from here, Gasoline Alley, Springwood, mm-hmm. just for a bit of a tour through the Gold Coast, which you're a fan of, you're a bit of a fan of the Gold Coast. It's correct? my favourite place. So yep. it was, yeah. So down through the Gold Coast, down into Iron and Resin, grabbed ourselves a coffee and then just jumped back up on the highway. One of the cool things that I've seen from the trip from from basically really nervous at the start saying just before we get on the freeway, just see if I'm all right. Um, we pulled up at down the Goldie and you saying this is probably one of the best things I've done. Exactly. Is that true? It, 100%. So I love fast things. Like I love yep. the feeling of wind in my face, but I'm terrified of heights. Like that's just my no-go zone, won't do it. Um but it's like you get that thrill of like a roller coaster yep. and the feeling of your like the wind in your face without the height. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're still down. you're still down to the ground and you're still well below all the trucks that you're seeing on the highway. Yeah, They're exactly. parking up beside you. But as I was saying to you when we pulled up at the yep. coast, it's crazy how you just you're so in your own world at one point. Like I felt like I was in a car. Like, yep. Yeah, that's cool. But without the seatbelt. As you said too. <laughs> I felt so <laughs> wrong. I kept looking around for police, like, am I going to be in trouble? It's just not here, but no, it was fine. Well, and as people do know that listen to this show a fair bit, we are at a Harley-Davidson dealership, so if you hear any bikes in the background, <laughs> uh, it is a, what day is it? It's uh, a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, just after lunchtime, and the service bay is full. So, Quite authentic. So there's a lot happening. Who's Mix? Mixer's eye. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Um, So Mix is my, I guess, stage name, you could say, uh, persona I took on to release um, music that I've written. Mm -hmm. And when did you take that stage name on? So I took it on in 2014. Um, So Mix is just something I was always called as a kid. Like my parents call me Mix. I mean, not now because it's a bit weird (laughs) if they call it to me now, but just growing up. But um. Yeah, I think at the time we were like, do I use my full name, Michaela Cook, or just a nickname? Yep. Um, but we decided with a nickname because I thought my last name was pretty lame. So What's <laughs> wrong like, with Cook? Oh, <laughs> it's so basic. Especially, I guess, if you got Michaela mm-hmm. as a name and then Cook, I yeah. guess you're saying that as well, like you said to me before. So Yeah. And when did you adopt, like, when did you adopt that to go into music? Like, what sort of age are we talking about? How did you get there? Um, so, about 2014, I was 19, I think, yes. Yep. Um, and I first started releasing original music on YouTube. And it was pretty cool. The first song I ever released was actually picked up by Amazon Music. So, they had just kind of started out as well. They're trying to, you know, make their own music sector. And they were releasing this uh, compilation album of a bunch of independent artists just, you know, putting it all together. And I submitted my song, you know, Stars in My Eyes, with your first song thinking it's the best thing ever. Um, But luckily it actually got picked up by them, so they included it. It was a free download for them. But that's sort of how my international audience grew from the very beginning because obviously that's a US-based platform. So, yeah, and then I just kept you know, putting out music and found more and more people online that liked it and interacted. So how does, how do you go from doing this at your house, basically, mm-hmm. to Amazon finding you? Persistence. Right. <laughs> I don't like the word no. So yeah. <laughs> Just persistence. So you obviously yeah. release onto YouTube, mm-hmm. which yeah. we're in a great era that we can do that. Exactly. Self-publish yeah. and do that. Mm-hmm. So you release onto YouTube and then somebody 
called you up, emailed you from Amazon? Uh, no. So I actually, my mum found this opportunity of being able to submit your song. So it's all a submission-based um, thing. Right. But I'm sure as you found with all the promo things I sent you for this, um, I'm very meticulous <laughs> with yes. what I do. And that's been, I think, what has set me apart from the very beginning. Um, so... I don't know, I just didn't give them an option to say no. <laughs> and, and you're 100% right, like with the details that you sent through, um, it was it was just detail, this is who I am, here's a media package. Yeah, well, I know, mean... Which is awesome. You have to, you know? Yeah, if you want to do it as a professional, you do, definitely. I mean, this is a professional engagement right now, yep. if you know what I mean. Yeah, we'll have, I mean, I've had the best day of my life, but, yep. I mean, at the end of the day, who you showcase yourself as is who you're going to be perceived as, so... Definitely. There goes one of those bikes again. Yeah, I was listening. <laughs> I can feel it on my feet. <laughs> so, and, and at what point, because you've got team mix, is mm-hmm. obviously a thing that you, like a, a, a way that you engage with people. Yeah. When did that, when did that idea come around? So team mix um, is by definition, it's a community that spreads love and kindness and we support and accept each other no matter what. And that started pretty much from the very beginning because... I mean, the whole reason you put out music is, well, for me anyway, um, so at the very beginning was to make people feel accepted and that they, you know, they had a place where they could escape and they could go to, um, like I did with my idols growing up as a kid. So, yeah, I mean, if you're not a community, then what are you doing? You're just self-promotion, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. That's just, it was just something that was important to me at the time and, um, it's also like I don't say that I have fans, like I have supporters because at the end of the day, just because I'm up on a stage, that doesn't make me any better than, you know, standing with someone on the bottom of the stage, you know, and without my team and the supporters, then I don't have a platform. So it's it's a very big give and take sort of situation. Such, re- such a refreshing way to look at it, hey? Well, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. When you did that song at 14, your first mm-hmm. song that you wrote... Do you remember it? Yeah, Time to Grow. Yep. And now you look back on it. Well, How is it? you know what's interesting is when we were riding um, along the coast, I filmed on the GoPro, I'll pop it up on my vlog for this, it was the street we filmed the music video in. Um, it was 2nd Avenue in Broad Beach. That's where we were really? driving along. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to be, I guess, you know, on this experience today and then kind of have that flashback of wow that's literally where it started and to be here um you know partnering with some pretty cool people and brands so and who have you partnered with along the way um i like to well i mean i like to use my platform as a place for people to promote um worthy causes and messages so i always team up with charities that's just something that i do um i've worked with the White Ribbon Foundation. Um, I'm a strong RSPCA ambassador as well, as we spoke about earlier. I released a song with Tourism Queensland, like you name it. <laughs> and h- how does one get get to release a song with Tourism Queensland? Persistence. Same deal, just persistence? <laughs> Same deal. I remember, um, yeah, this was 2017 and I just, you know, you got to shoot your shot, you know. Yeah. If you don't ask, you don't receive. And I remember... Um, so Cyclone Debbie had just hit up in the uh, Sundays, um, which if you don't remember, it was the big um, terrible cyclone in 2017. Yep. And I had this song that I wrote, Everything Will Be All Right. And I was like, if there was a message that I wanted my fellow Queenslanders to know, it was that everything will be all right. And I think the best part about that whole experience was, um, you know, being in in and amongst the forefront of mainship. And that's the best part about Queensland is, is, you know, we're always there, whether it's floods, whether it's tragedy, whether it's, you know, winning premierships or anything, we're there together. And that's what I love about Queensland. I just totally tangented that. I'm so sorry, but back to me, I told you I was going to ramble. But yeah, back to how I got to the persistence. Just persistence. (laughs) Persistence. And was that a good experience? Yeah, it was a really great experience. Where did you get to go for that? I remember, I've seen the film clip and that, but where did you get to go for that? Um, all the way up to Airlie Beach. So uh, we kind of chose a few areas that we really wanted to showcase. So the point of 
um, the video and the song was to reopen the region because there was a lot of really negative um, media about the region, which is, I guess, fair enough, but everyone was cancelling holidays. Like, they made it look like it was uninhabitable and there was no point to go, but, I mean, they bounced back really quickly. Yep. Um, everyone just kind of swarmed to help, as Queenslanders do. For sure. And, yeah, so the point was to show, like, it's open, come here, you know, where everything will be all right. It's what we do, so. And that's where the song came from. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And had you written that song prior? Um, I did, yeah. So I actually changed um, the bridge of the song to suit this experience. So it was originally written um, in... I mean, with the same premise, but we just made it really specific by, you know, mentioning the sun and everything in the bridge of the song. So it could, you know, you couldn't deviate from the meaning. You could sort of tailor it to yeah. suit that purpose. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, it's it basically wrote itself. 100%. What, what originally got you into music? Did you come from a music family? Um, I did, yeah. So my dad was a drummer in an 80s rock band and, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, back in South Africa. So, yep. yeah, I'm South African born but moved here when I was two. So I'm and as Australian as they come. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've done, done your time here now. Done my time. Done your time. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, we grew up with rock music and, you know, we had Friday night music appreciation nights, which is cool. At home. Yeah, so um, my actually my auntie and uncle, they moved here first about maybe five years before we did. And I wasn't born at the time, but my mum and dad came over to visit them here from South Africa. And dad got in the car, oh, the taxi or whatever from the airport. And there was a rock station. It was Triple M. Mm. And he thought it was the best thing ever. Because in South Africa, there's not just specific, you know, stations. And this one was completely dedicated to rock music. And he got in and apparently turned to my mum and said, we're moving here. That's it. <laughs> so, Are you serious? Yeah. So that's just been my life music's pretty much since I was a baby been growing up with it and is the have you been back to South Africa I have once yeah do you know like through your obviously dad and that at the time it, what's the music sort of culture there is it is there a, a rock scene or what, what's um, it, what was it like at that time do you know back at the time well yeah. I mean it was the 80s so I think yeah. rock was just prevalent wherever you went yeah. um but they had obviously their own issues with other cultural barriers yeah. they had at the time but yep yeah. yeah I mean I assume Good. Yep. Yeah. They did really well. Like they had number one hits and everything. So. Wow. Yeah. Did you learn the drums yourself? Uh, no, <laughs> it's not really my forte, um, but I play guitar. And did you take that up young? Um, I taught myself from YouTube. Like I've literally taught myself everything no. from YouTube. You come yeah. from a music family and you taught yourself guitar from YouTube. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is what it is. Like you said today about basically education mm. you 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 can't not know anything now well i mean if you it's not on yourself. youtube it can't be done <laughs> pretty much hey so yeah you just educate yourself no matter what you do yeah so how, how long did it take to you to get to a point where you felt comfortable with the guitar i'm still not very comfortable <laughs> with the guitar it's um like i love guitar in the sense that it helps me shape my songs um so it helps me you know put the melody and the music to the words that I want to say. Um, but I'm very anxious when I play it live. Mm. Yeah. That crowd thing would be hard, wouldn't it? Not the crowd thing. It's just more, I think, you know, like we're saying the OCD and the control. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I just, I'm a better singer than guitarist. And what's your process for writing a song? Um, it just happens. It's just... I can't say I, you know, have a Raphael <laughs> Nadal like OCD thing that I do <laughs> before I go and write a song. Like it is inspiration will just hit you or, yep. you know, sometimes like I'll be on a walk or doing something and I'll think of something. I'm like, oh, that'd be a cool idea for a song and put it in my notes. So if I am then sitting down for like a writing session that I just do with myself, um, I'll just go through my notes and see, you know, what's in there. Yep. Have I said anything amazing in this week or usually not really? So Go back to another week. Go back to another week. Of, you know. So lyrics first and then the rest comes? Yeah, well, it's it's weird. So it's not um, necessarily like guitar music but the melody. So like I'll – I never just write. Like I have to write it with the tune 
Yep. Because I mean, you know, gotta have the words all rhyming and yep. making sense. <laughs> so your genre of music that you're mm. into is country. Yes. How how did you fall into country music? Oh, well, when I was first releasing music on YouTube, I actually had a lot of comments of people saying, wow, look at this country singer. Because at the time, I mean, I was genreless. I think I just put it out as pop. Um, But I think, like, looking back on it now, what brings me to the core of country music, it's the storytelling in my song. So I don't necessarily have a twang. I mean, I don't personally think I sound very country, but one of the... Uh, yeah, I guess the core um, ideas of country music is the storytelling. So that must have just... That's where it sort of blended yeah. from. And it was interesting to hear your mum talking this morning about a couple of the other things like that come up as like your communities and things like that as well. That's part of the country music sort of scene, isn't it? Yeah, the community is definitely um, pretty tight-knit, especially the supporters. I mean, yeah, cool. And how, how have you found basically being part of country music? Has it been a welcoming a welcoming experience? Um, the audience is very welcoming, yep. for sure. Um, I mean, with anything, there's people like to, I guess, protect their patch, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, there's a definitely... I don't know how to say this eloquently. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, yeah, they are welcoming to an extent. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Because your, your way of getting in is, is uh, or not just your way, but the, the way it is now, the modern way mm-hmm. is a lot different to a traditional way into getting into like music festivals and stuff in country world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there are uh, quite a few, I guess, areas and um, sections you need to be aligned to, which at the very beginning and still now I'm not necessarily aligned to them just because I think I went about getting to where I am right now in a different way than like you said, traditionally to get there. So um, I think in a sense I'm a bit of an outcast in the community, but, I mean, I still get number one songs. Yeah, so so let's talk talk about that. Like that's really cool. So the film clip that we filmed here, Mm -hmm. we'll go to how it came about. Mm -hmm. But that came number one, didn't it? It did, yeah. So Taking Back My Crown uh, became, was a number one iTunes country single. I think it peaked at number 14 on the all genres charts as well, which was pretty cool. Um, that's actually amazing. <laughs> and uh, a number one music video as well. So, yeah. And you, did you direct that as well? Like, did you do the concept for that video? I did, yeah. So I actually used some of your images on my vision board. <laughs> really? Yeah, from the Gasoline Alley and um, Harley Davidson Instagram pages. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so it's I guess. Good to know they're being seen. Yeah, no, they are. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So you did that and then as we were discussing earlier today, you do all your own editing. I do, everything. yeah. Yep. I, I love it. I love video editing, um, creating content, making content. What's the song about? So Taking Back My Crown, it's a song of empowerment and it's a song of, well, it's, I guess it's a reminder to not lose yourself in a situation no matter no matter what, take back your crown. You know, mm. you control your life. And that's completely what it's about. 100%, yeah. yeah. And for that song, you got an endorsement from Lee Koenigan? I did, yeah. Absolute legend, yeah. So how, like, same thing, did he see it or um, is this a persistent thing again or what happened? Uh, I guess in a way, but Lee Koenigan's actually probably one of the nicest humans you're going to ever come across in your life. Like he's so supportive of up and coming artists. Like he sees the potential growth that country music can have. And he really likes to, um, I guess, support, you know, people who he sees doing something different, but acknowledges it as well. And, you know, to him, there's no right or wrong way. He's just supportive. And um, I met him for the first time a couple of years ago he actually uh, came across my song, I Need You, which I did with Operation Homefront, which is um, help support uh, veterans and, um, yeah, so people who went to the army. Yep. And, um, yeah, and he found me on Instagram, I think, at the time and was like, wow, you're, I didn't know you were Australian for starters and I didn't know you were 
country, but wow, you're in my genre and in my country. So um, we kind of just connected online and then uh, whenever we see each other at events or, yeah. So. He's always good. Yeah, he's always good. And if you honestly can get to a Lee Kernigan show, you don't need to know one song and I guarantee you'll have a good time. Like the energy, like he's a performer. He's a showman for sure. 100%. Yeah. Um, have you got to perform at any of those sort of festivals like a, a Tamworth Country Music Festival, anything yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, I've done Tamworth, yep. yeah. Um, so I actually, with the Tourism Queensland song, Everything Will Be Alright, we won a People's Choice Award down there for ex- uh, Best Video. So I got to perform that song at that award show. So that was pretty cool. Just doing, like, same deal, like you've, the videos you've put out have been really good quality. Mm-hmm. Just doing the videos... Is that like something different to what a lot of the other country artists might be doing as well? Um, in terms of what on, do you mean? Focusing on, you know, bringing different brands, Tourism Queensland, a charity or something like that. I mean, I haven't seen anyone. I mean, I'm not going to say no, they don't because yep. they may have, but yep. I haven't seen anyone kind of, um, yeah, I guess do that. Yep. When did you feel that your songwriting was good? I still don't. Really? <laughs> I still don't. I'm coming up to release a new song now and I'm, like, I listen to it daily. Like, is this good enough to put out? Like, you know, but I mean, I guess you're your harshest critic, so. Yeah, that's that's just the case all mm. no matter what you do, isn't it? And do you, who, who does your recording for you? Do you record at home or do you have a studio that you tra- uh, traditionally go to? Yeah, there's a studio um, that I go to in Kenmore. And uh, so I record vocals there and this um, album that I was telling you about that I'm supposed to be coming out with this year, not sure what we're going to do with that yet, but um, was the first time that I'd have had live um, drumming and like, like, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) this is the first time I've had a live band play a a track for me. And that sounds really weird to probably you thinking like how does that happen but mm. everything's pretty much computerized these days and um yeah just these was songs I wanted to put live music to so so can you tell me about that process opposed to is it an electronic process or do you just have a session musician do it normally or what how how does you obviously don't have a band with with you how how do you how do you normally do it um, so with this album, I yep. collaborated with a guitarist. His name's David Orr. He's actually just moved over to Texas, the poor thing, before <laughs> all really? of this corona. Australian? Uh, yeah, Australian, yep. amazing, like, phenomenal guitarist. Yep. Um, check him out, David Orr, O-R-R. And um, anyway, so he helped me sort of bring to life um, these songs. So I'd written them acoustically and I went to him and he helped just really bring like a I guess the sonic cohesiveness to this, um, to it. And he actually helped, um, coordinate the recording by, um, bringing on his friends who are actually also really good musicians in their own right. Um, Mark Henman on the drums and we had, um, Chris Pearson on the bass. So we all kind of got together in a room and recorded live and yeah it was so different to anything else I'd done because it was first you know we computerized the drums and then we can and I think obviously like bass and guitar was always recorded but never together in a room and I think that's an experience I will take with me forever the first time doing that because you just you're bouncing off each other you're making yeah suggestions and coming up with different things so and are you quite free with that like are you are you a person you've said about control a few times throughout the day <laughs> when you're in a studio environment Don't make like me that. sound bad. No, no, in a, in a good way because you like to have your stuff good. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in a studio situation like that and people are giving ideas and that, mm-hmm. do you do you enjoy that environment? I do. No, yeah? I do because I mean it's a collaboration. You yep. all have the same idea that you just want this song to be the very best it can be. And I acknowledge I'm not a guitarist, I'm not a drummer, I'm not a bass player. Um, So your turn. (laughs) We kind of just all passed it around, Um, but it was cool. And what you have listened to so far, you happy? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I mean, happy in the sense that I, I love the sound of it, but where I go ahead and doubt is then, you know, like is, Am I singing this well enough? Is this, you know, does this make sense? And 
you know, all the things that I control, I doubt, but everything they've done has been excellent. So, For someone that doesn't know, myself, <laughs> how do you go from <laughs> writing something mm-hmm. to it being on iTunes? Can you go to the process of a few blocks of that? Do, do you want me to ruin the magic for you? <laughs> um, no, make it make it good. <laughs> make it good. Okay. Make it sparkly. Okay, yeah. so sparkly. <clears throat> I write the song. <laughs> okay, so I write the song. Um, depend. Uh, okay, I'll give you the process of with this album. Okay. Yep. So I wrote it. Called up Dave. Dave and I sat down and we just made sure the songs were perfect. As well as perfect as we could acoustically. And then we did a demo of just his guitar and my voice. And then that went over to our drummer and bass player who listened to it, obviously, before coming into the studio. And they so they could get a feel for it. You know, everyone's different, um, I guess, face-to-face and, you know, when you're at home. Yep. So they had a little play and then they came with their um, ideas to the studio and we all got together and... Um, yeah, we just had a bit of a jam session and then we came up with the things that we did like, what we didn't like, and it was pretty cool, like just yelling ideas at each other over the noise. Um, and then that was then recorded to then... Uh, what did happen then? Yeah, so we recorded that and then that went over to the producer, Josh Stoll, and then Josh sent it over to his uh, mastering engineer, Darren Vermas, who then gave it back to me <laughs> and then I um, basically put it through a third party to go onto iTunes and Spotify. Uh, so it goes like a one of those RSS feed mm-hmm. type thing. Is that what she wanted? Should I have just gone straight to the punchline? And No, no, it's good. Cool. <laughs> the, the actual background was the, the part that I was really interested okay. to find out you what your sparkle. process was. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. A little bit there. <laughs> so And then it just goes out into the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, you choose a date and then... I mean, oh, we had so many issues with actually taking back my crown before it came out. I mean, the date for it changed a couple of times. But, How come? Um, the, okay, so the first platform we tried to use for it um, put it to the wrong artist. So there's another artist out there trading under mix. M-I-C-K-S. Um, but they are a hip-hop artist, I think, over in Saudi Arabia is where they're from. Anyway, right. so completely different genre, completely different person, but for some reason um, their software uploaded my song to theirs. And I think there's about a minimum two weeks that you need um, to have a song up. And it was only, I guess, realised maybe four days out from when it was meant to be released. And, I mean, we'd had, you know, the music video approved by um, Harley Australia and Gasoline Alley and everything ready to go on this date. And... Um, it obviously wasn't going to happen because then we had to get it taken down. And because it's a third party, like you're not going to Spotify or iTunes directly. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a bit of a last-minute nightmare. But then we managed to get it down and then obviously I um, they burned me. So I took my business elsewhere and oh, so I that found third another. Party. Yeah, no, I'm, no, you... I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Goodbye. And plus, because I'd also um, flagged it as well that this could potentially happen. Like, you know me, I'm controlling. I know. (laughs) I've given you every possible, um, you know, scenario of what can happen with this. Um, And then I luckily found another distribution hub, um, Symphonic Distribution. I'll give you a plug because you came through for me. (laughs) And they managed to get it out for me on the date that I needed it, which was four days or something. So... Again, my persistence. I don't think I'd emailed someone so much in my life, like just going back and forth. Have you seen The Office? I have, yes. Just when you're talking about that there, all I can think of is, can we call the people from iTunes? (laughs) Can can we call the people from Spotify? (laughs) You can't get in touch with anyone. No, you can't. Everything's unfortunately you have to go through someone else or someone else. But I guess that's just being independent. It comes with its pros and its cons. And and you do self-publish, don't you? Yeah, I do. As yeah. Well. Yep. So how, how does, like, say say I want to use one of your songs. Mm. Do I come to you or does somebody come to you and say, hey, Michaela or Mix Official, how, uh, like, how does that work? I want to use your music. Just ask me. Basically that's how it is. Yep. Yep. Ask me, be nice and 
I'll lot, send you the link. <laughs> a lot different to going through like a publishing house though. So yeah, really yeah. But I mean, I guess it is a little bit different. Um, I think the publishing house, they obviously have a lot of other legal things that they need to, yep. you know, take into consideration. But whereas, I mean, I've written it, I record it, I'm 100%, you know, you copywriter and writer of it. So I'm the one that gives you yes or no. So yep. yeah. And yeah. Oh, it's just something I, you know, because it can get such a messy triangle mm. of trying to get, you know, um, I, I work for I work for a show TV show sometimes. We've had permission from an artist. This is the track that you can use. Mm-hmm. No dramas. We'll send you the link. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes up, next thing you're getting a bill from APRA saying, "Here's this." And we're like, "We've had permission," but mm. yeah, I was just wondering. I how suppose that um, APRA. I mean, it's there for the artist. You know, they for sure. Are, um, I mean, maybe I would need to ask APRA. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's a different licensing. I honestly don't know. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's one of those things that, like, it does support the artist, mm. which is who you do need to support because mm. without supporting the artist, you don't get any live music anymore. No, exactly. sort of recorded music. So mm. I can definitely understand it. Just a real complicated thing to, to try and process, you know. Uh, but you best believe in two days, 20, 48 hours time, I'm going to know all about it. So you can. How come? Because I'll just research it. Okay. Yeah. YouTube it. YouTube it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If it's not on YouTube, it can't be done. <laughs> so education. Mm. You did a Bachelor of Communications. I did. Correct. Yeah. Why did you do a Bachelor of Communications? Um, because when I graduated high school, I wanted to go off and be a rock star. But my parents said, no, you have to get a degree. We don't care what you do. You just need a piece of paper Um, because I think that was also my dad's stipulation. He wanted to go off and be a rock star when he was younger and his dad said, no, you need to get a piece of paper. So, you know, what do parents do? What they had to do, you have to do. Replicate it, yep. Exactly. Um, Yes, and my sister did a Bachelor of Communications. So I was like, oh, communications it is. Let's go. Um, But as I was... Yeah, getting into the degree, I realised, wow, it's actually so prevalent with what I want to do. Um, and everything, as I was telling you earlier, I was learning, I just can put it into my own music. And so it was kind of like a real-life case study of what you're learning. So, yeah. and, you were, and you were able to adapt. Like each week you'd learn something, you were able to adapt it over to real-life situations? Yeah, no? yeah. Yep. And I think it was cool because I was also starting out with my music anyway, so I... Um, put out my first song when I was, I think, first year university. So, um, was it? Yeah. Give or take in there somewhere. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, I had the, I guess, ability to chop and change as much as I wanted. I mean, I think I've put out so many different types of music as well. Um, I remember my first EP that I put out, every song was a different genre because I just, I was still trying to figure out where I fit, you know, I, but every time people would comment, oh, look at this country singer. So, I mean, it doesn't matter how much rock you want to put in a song or, yep. you know, I was just always brought back to that. So, And is country a good place to be? Um, it's authentic to myself. So it's good in that sense. Yeah. And if you keep landing there, like obviously you keep Get not landing but dragged back into that area. Exactly. It's obviously where you're supposed to be going. It's the exactly. path you should choose. Yeah, exactly. To be booked on a festival. Mm. How do you get booked on a festival? Um, I suppose you have to be – I suppose it's a mix of things. You have to be popular. You have to be relevant at the time. You've got to have new music out. You've got to, I guess, be aligned with the right people who can put you into that festival and situation. And is there many of those sorts of people around? Not many. <laughs> it's, it's a small, It's small a handle. very tight-knit community, yeah, for sure. Mm. Mm. I mean, definitely it's a, the music industry is going to be like it's such a tough industry to get into. Exactly, um, yeah. It's like the film industry or any of those sort of creative industries, I guess. How did you come about doing the Harley-Davidson clip? Why Harley-Davidson? Oh, my gosh. I love everything to do with Harley-Davidson. I feel... Okay, that feels um, unauthentic because today was the first time I actually rode on one. But Mm -hmm. ever since I was little, I just, like, the ultimate brand. I don't know if maybe I must have seen a movie or a music video in my very, very formative years. But to me, Harley Davidson is just the ultimate brand to be able to, you know, be associated to and be a part of. So, um, 
yeah, again, just that persistence. <laughs> did you reach out to Harley Australia? I did, That's yes. Um, I spoke to a lovely lady in marketing who um, was super keen. I mean, I sent my OCD proposal yep. again. I don't think she had a room to say no. Um, but then she got me in touch with the awesome guys here at Gasoline Alley. And so yep. from there, it just kind of all happened. And you didn't get to ride one or anything at that time? You didn't? I was too scared. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit daunting. But they're so big. Like, I'm a very small human, so. With your small coffees? Yeah, with my baby coffees. It? Pic- it's a piccolo. Piccolo. Yeah. Piccolo. I was going to say piccolato. Mm. Piccolato. piccolato. Uh, we, we can call it that. Nah, piccolo will be fine. <laughs> so, okay, so you come come to Harley, mm-hmm. film the film clip, mm-hmm. and then obviously that that's the clip that goes out and gets released and yep. does really, really well. What sort of other themes do you have on on clips can you talk about that you'd like to do? What do you mean? Sorry. Themes, brands. Uh, oh, but I want to do want in the to future? Do. Yeah, yeah, sorry, for future, yeah. Um, I'd like to do more charity work. That's my, my yep. favourite. Um, I had an article written about me once and it said um, that I use my platform to voice worthy causes and that I have stolen and use all the time because that is 100% what I do. Like I have a platform and yeah, if you're a worthy cause, jump on board because like that's what I like to use it for. Like Things like the RSPCA and then. Yeah, like RSPCA. And were you an animal lover? I am. I love animals. So your sister did an uh, internship? Yeah, she did a marketing Bridget. internship at the Brisbane Waycoal um, main office. And that's how you got is that how you got your role through that? That is, to, yeah. Yep. So, well, she was kind of our introduction to the RSPCA. Um, obviously, working in marketing, she knew how pretty much the whole thing worked. And, I mean, uh, growing up, you hear a lot about it, but they've really um, lent into social media as well, um, I think, in, like, the last five to ten years. And they, I think, the brand awareness for the RSPCA now, compared to what it was when I was younger, it's really good. Because they do, what days is like the Me and Paul's Walk? They do, it? yeah, Million Paul's Walk. Um, they do the Big Adopt Out. Um, yeah, and they're just always adapting. Like even over, um, we missed the Million Paul's Walk this year because of uh, coronavirus and the lockdown. So um, they had this really cool um, thing. So do a million, I think it was like a million miles or something that you sign up to do with your animals. So you go yeah. for a walk and you, you log how like... I don't know many kilometres or miles you um, walk and do. So. Yeah, right. So that's another, <laughs> just another one of their sort just of another, events. Yeah, just again, like they're always just at the forefront of everything and it's cool. Now, in your OCD piece of paper, social media <laughs> personality. <laughs> yes. What does that mean? So that means that I'm just, I'm a personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On social media. <laughs> I've got a social media profile. Exactly. I have an Instagram and a Facebook and I'm not afraid to use it. But in, in real regards though, yeah. like it, it, you, you, you've um, used your platform mm-hmm. to obviously create uh, different connections within the music industry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to be a social media personality with, in that sort of regards? I think for me it's just a platform and a space where I'm myself. Like I just... Yep. You know, whether it's day-to-day life or, um, you know, jumping on board with brands that, like, where we have um, aligned core values, yeah, it's just a place to express myself, I guess. What's the day-to-day life of a recording artist, social media personality look like? (laughs) Pre or (laughs) post-corona. Because post-corona, it's been on the couch. Um, No, I mean, just trying to figure out how to diversify for that, but pre-corona... Um, just depends. Like it, every yep. day is honestly different. I mean, I'm doing a, my first ever podcast today. Yep. Um, but yeah, whether it's, um, yeah, modeling or anything like that. So you do a bit of modeling? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I do, um, quite a bit of commercial modeling. And how, how did you get into that? Uh, I did that since I was a baby. So, um, when we moved to Australia, Mum, I don't know if this is true or not. You know when you hear like stories from when you were younger? Urban myths. Yeah, urban myths. Um, Anyway, so we'll just pretend it's true in case it's not. And I used to have like this long blonde hair all the way down to my bum when I was a kid. 
And apparently I was walking in, you know, Woolworths or whatever. And um, this lady came up to my mum and said, oh my gosh, like she would be perfect for this like kids commercial or something we're doing. Mum's like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, throw away the card or whatever. Yep. Um, and then I happened to be, I think at the same Woolworths, the same lady was like, why didn't you call me? Like, Oh really? Yeah, I think maybe like weeks later and mum was like, okay, maybe this is... I mean, you know, we just moved to the country, so she was suspicious of everything. Anyway, so she just did it. And, um, yeah, from since then I've been doing commercials since I was, yeah, like four years old. Do you enjoy that sort of? Uh, Yeah, I do. I love being able to, um, I guess, just be myself, like bring a part of myself to something else and take it on. For sure. Mm. And what, and what other sort of modelling? Like, is it all like fashion fashion modelling or a bit of everything? A bit of everything. Yeah. Um, mostly lifestyle. I mean, I'm not tall enough, unfortunately, to, <laughs> for fashion modelling. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, I love everything from acting to, yeah, speaking yep. roles or non-speaking roles. And, and is, that, is that something you'd like to get into further? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So... I guess having the video clips, create your own video clips, mm. doing everything like that is a portal into going into that world too. You're exactly. constantly well, practicing, aren't you? Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Day. Fingers crossed. As long as you're doing a good job of the acting part. It's like home and away our neighbours, if you're listening, you know who to call. <laughs> Shout out. So, yeah, same thing with a camera person. Yeah. You need a camera operator. Yeah, exactly. We've just got a dynamic mm. duo right here. Let's go. Let's Dream sing team. Out. Sing yeah. out. Mm. iTunes chart. How does an iTunes chart work? Is that purely just through uh, through hits, hits like plays on there, or uh, downloads? So just pe- downloads, yeah. yeah. So people saying you are worth a dollar sixty nine, clicking my download. But um, well, it's cool. I mean, it's it's a nice um, thing for independent artists to have that chart because we don't necessarily um, have the means to be able to get on the Aria chart. So. It, just because it doesn't mean we have don't have the audience, but we just don't have, I guess, the infrastructure that you need to be able to have album sales and physical um, physical sales and things. Yep. So the ARIA charts, same thing, I don't know. So yeah. that's purely from album, no streaming? Um, I believe streaming now counts, but right. for country music, they don't have a singles chart. They only have album charts. So Really? Yeah. Again, Aria, if you're listening. We <laughs> so as an Aria chart, it's purely just for albums for country music? For country music, yeah. So we don't have singles. I mean, obviously, if it does well enough and you get onto the all genres charts, that's pretty amazing. You've done really, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, but again, um, it's a physical downloads, um, streaming. and. But you know what? I actually found this out um, after I released my first ever album that you need to give them six weeks notice that you're releasing something. It's not just like you can't just get the information that, oh, okay, cool, according to iTunes, I've had X amount of downloads and this is my retail sales, etc. You have to tell them at least six weeks in advance that you are releasing on this day and then fill out, like, the same form for every week after you want it to count. Really? That's not, like, ready available information for independent artists, let me no. tell you that. So. So is that like that for every – that would be for all genres too, wouldn't it? Oh, I assume so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I obviously only know directly for country, but I would assume it's for every other genre. So does that mean like you have to re- basically report the, to them mm. every week of how many sales? And stuff? Yeah. Seems a little backwards. It does. Huh? Yeah. That's just what it is. But positive, they're now um, counting streaming, so. Yeah, yeah and that's a big thing. And is that streaming points. across all platforms or is it just say a uh, – Apple? Um, Spotify? That's actually a very good question. Mm. I should probably know that. But it's – I would assume it's all streaming, but I don't know because you have to report it yourself. It's not like that that's readily available. Um, And, for instance, every country has a different platform that's really popular. So, for example, Australia, we've got Apple Music and we've got Spotify, Um, whereas in India they've got something called Savan and Ghana – in South America, Deezer's really popular. You know, everywhere it's different. So we've got all these platforms that you're, like, supposedly having to give your streams to. But, I mean, obviously it's an Australian chart here, so it would just be whatever's 
the, you know, the mainstream one, yeah. Yeah, the Spotify or whatever. Yeah. Have you had to learn about those other services over there? Yeah, well, I have. Um, well, I'm really lucky in that my audience is worldwide. So I have quite a strong presence um, over in East Asia, South America, the US, um, obviously with country in general and scattered across Europe. So I'm well over all of them. So do you have to put on, uh, like when you do a song, when you make a song, do you put it on to those individual platforms or is it something once you, you get it, you just put it out and then it gets adapted into whatever Spotify? Um, no, no, you get, you get uploaded. It gets uploaded to all of those different it ones does? individually. One yeah. Yep. Yeah. Same as a podcast. Yeah, exactly. So you use yeah. a hosting service and then mm. it just gets populated into the other ones that you choose to be. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm. Would going to America be something that would be on your radar at some point um, to, to do music? I've done music there. I've had yep. um, two radio singles over there for yep. country music. Yeah. But more of a full-time basis. Would it be something that you'd um, like to do or not it's really? Not, I wouldn't really like to live there. I mean, I love Brisbane and I love Queensland. Like, I don't want to move from here. I mean, I yep. love being able to hop on a plane, go wherever I need to go, but come home. And I think this will always be home for me. Yep. Yeah. This is where you settled when you first came? Yeah, yeah. Same area, same. Same area. Yeah, we literally haven't haven't moved. Um, uh, my parents always said we moved halfway across the world for you. Why would you go somewhere else? So I mean, I guess that's kind of it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. What can we expect to see out of you musically in the in the short term? In the short term, well, I'll definitely release another single soon. Um, it's it's crazy how every song I've ever released, like even from everything will be all right to, you know, taking back my crown. Um, it's just kind of worked with what's happening in the world. I don't know if that's just me adapting my own, you know, meaning to the song because essentially, you know, music's the soundtrack to your life. Um, but so this song's called, well, that will be coming out, it's called Let's Go Now. And um, essentially it's about, you know, waiting for something and then it's finally your chance to go and, you know, post-lockdown, let's go yep. now. <laughs> 100%. Good timing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. thank you, Universe. Yeah, once yeah. again. Once again. I will not walk around those poles. Thank you. <laughs> that's um, Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So yeah. that, that'll come out sometime 2020. That's the plan? Yeah, I think um, maybe in the next few months, yep. month or two. Yeah. Is that that's finalised, the, the actual song? It's all... Yeah, pretty, yeah. So yeah. that song's all been... Um, Recorded, mustered, everything. And are you, are you going to do a clip for that? Um, why do you want to collab? Maybe. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. Worth a try. Worth a try. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> see? Persistence. Persistence. I've, I've planted the seed. You have. You best believe you're going to get a vision board <laughs> and For sure. Else. Well, you got the email. <laughs> and, and I seen you. I think you filled up my email last night. So, <laughs> but uh, no, let's, let's talk about that. At some point, would you like to get like a, uh, a senior role in the music industry? What do you mean by a senior role? Uh, whether it be, you know, uh, co coaching people coming through about, you know, pitfalls, uh, the, the way to, you know, enjoy the industry and benefit from um, the industry. Would I've that be something? I've thought about writing an ebook of just purely things I wish I knew when I started yep. because like people hide a lot of things as well because obviously like we discussed earlier with the ARIA charts, I mean, I don't know why they would want to hide that, but I mean, that information is not readily available for you. You have to go searching for, okay, why wasn't my song, you know, uh, or my album. I remember at the time, um, so my first album uh, reached the top 10 on the album's charts at the time on iTunes. And I kept refreshing Aria, like, why is this not on here? Like, surely it should, you know, like be somewhere. Um, but then we delved deeper and then found out, okay, you know, you need six weeks minimum to tell them that's coming out. And you're just like, oh, okay, it's just that deflated feeling of you've yep. done everything you could to be at this point, but then it just didn't work out. So That must yeah. be gutted. You, you it was, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it was gutting in a way, but it also, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a chart. It's not going to make or break anything. You've already had the sales or you haven't had the sales. That's, yep. you know, it is what it is. But um, it's more just the fact that everything is, Yes, there's, there is so much smoke and mirrors to everything that it can be really daunting for you to even just have a go, you know, put out your first song because you're like, well, I'm never going to, you know, ever 
get to that point. Yep. But it's possible. I mean, look at me. I've done everything myself legitimately from writing to recording to releasing um, to, you know, harassing brands to yep. <laughs> be my friend. and Press releases. Exactly. Yeah, I've written yep. everything. I mean, a lot of that's also attributed to my degree. Um, yep. You know, which thanks mum and dad <laughs> for that one. Um, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you don't need a degree like, as long as you believe in what you're doing. Like you sell yourself the best. So that's it. So that would be something that as a, as a job at some point, like a different sort of job, maybe just to help people like an ebook or something like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe not a job, but I definitely do it as like a side hustle kind yep. of thing. Um, I'm pretty firm in that, well, for right now, I want to be, um, I mean, while I'm still young, (laughs) per se, like be in front of the camera, um, you know, recording music, touring music when that ever gets back, (laughs) if it gets back, um, you know what I mean? So that's for right now, but maybe never say never. And is there a fair bit of smoke and mirrors out there? Like you meant, like like yeah. you just said, there is. There is a- quite a bit, yep. um, and I think that's also something that was really apparent to me when I like a few song, a few releases into my career, that you know there isn't that much money in the music industry in terms of physical, I guess, sales. Um, yep. And that's something we were talking about earlier that you know you have to really diversify if you want to succeed and you want to do this for a long time. Um, yep. And I remember um, sort of, that's also another reason why I got into YouTube as not just uploading music, but as vlogging as well as Instagram, because that's another platform that you can monetize by bringing brands, ne- not necessarily for a song, but, you know, whether clothing or, you know, yep. promote their brands. And- so that's something that you can you know, um, cross collab between all, Ex- all your different platforms. Exactly. Cause I mean, yep. at the end of the day, if a brand's going to come to you for promotion, um, they've seen that you align with their core values. They like what the content, you know, you make, you're popular, you know, you've got people, you've got an audience that they want to tap into. So yeah. Yep. The brands that you've worked with so far, mm persistence on your part or have brands reached out to you as well? How does that work? Yeah, so um, obviously in more recent years, so when you're starting out um, with – it's funny. They always say like 50 is the magic number, like 50K followers on Instagram and that's when brands will kind of start to want to be aligned with you because you're at that point where they think, okay, well, you've got these people, you know, following you. But obviously there's a different – I guess, way that they look at things as well. So your engagement, so people, you know, actually interacting as opposed to just watching. Um, And I guess that price is different for everyone, you know, depending on what they want. Do you enjoy the Instagram side of things? Yes. What do you mean by Instagram side of things? Um, Just just the whole platform. Basically, do you enjoy the the way it runs? Yeah, I love being like right there with my audience. I love that there's no barriers to them. I mean, I will reply to every comment I get, um, nearly every message. I mean, unless, you know, you're being naughty or mean, you're not going to get a reply. Do you get some of that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not so much touch weird, not so much as the mean, but um, a lot of people be naughty. Okay. Yeah, and that's not okay. I'm a lady. Um, but anyway... So, yeah, I love that I can interact with them and, you know, it's a community. So we're supposed to interact. We're supposed to, you know, be there for each other. It is supposed to be a social social platform. Mm, exactly. So it is part yeah. of being. And yeah. I guess with yours as well, having Team Mix, mm. that is something that obviously having that sort of all moulded into that, that's where you can definitely communicate yeah, back and for forth. Sure. Especially in these times of lockdown. Mm, exactly. Tour-wise, is, is touring... Out of, out of these times, is that something you really enjoy doing? Um, I haven't done too much of it. What yep. I have done, I've absolutely loved it. Yep. Um, but it's funny. So I haven't, as I said earlier, released music since 2017 officially. Like I've released a few things um, just, again, on YouTube or nothing yep. like as an official music video single. Um, but... Yeah, so I had this big plan of I was going to come out with my album and I was going to do like proper touring and, you know, do all of that stuff. And then obviously that's a bit on hold for now, but definitely something I want to revisit when we can and it's safe. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. There is um, this artist over in the US that had a, it's a country singer, and he had a, like, a big, massive concert and everyone was up in arms, like, you don't care about your fans because you, you know, just endangered their lives by putting this show on, which I kind of agree with. Like, you have an onus on yourself as well to create a safe space. Like, yes, I guess everyone has choices whether or not they want to go, whether or not they want to wear a mask, but, I mean you kind of have to also be responsible yourself. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. Where did your, you've said about your dad with the creative side, the side for the music, Mm -hmm. where did your creative side come from? Because you've got a bit of a creative sort of Um, flair with each, each sort of uh, platform that you do do has got a creative sort of flair to it. So where'd that come from? Um, I guess it's just what I'm exposed to. Like I do a lot of, like I genuinely enjoy social media myself. Like there's people I follow because I love their content and I love their style. Um, And I guess it's kind of like a music in a way. So my music is a fusion of a lot of genres. Um, So I've got strong rock elements, strong pop elements, strong country elements. And I guess I've just take from all those things to make it my own. And that's kind of what I do Um, I guess, with my own social media. So I see a bunch of people doing other little things that I, you know, extrapolate from. And then I... (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, I'm laughing because Mick used this word and... um, I just yeah. used it back on him. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to take onus. You take. I did, did I not just give you credit? Yeah, you so there you go. Yeah. Anyway, so I take from them and create it my, and yeah, make it influence myself. Yep. That I makes get sense. Inf- the influencer gets influenced. Yeah. How about that? Wow. Double, <laughs> double bang. Who, who does influence you in some of your music and, you know, music, fashion, modeling? Who, who are some of the influences that you do like to follow? I like to follow people who are authentic. So yep. it's like it's not necessarily just like one person or, you know, specific yep. people. But, um, I mean, the Explore, Explore feed is a great place on Instagram because it's where you can find new people. And um, I found a lot of people like over in Europe but just in random little countries and they're not necessarily like have millions of followers. They just have awesome content, you know. Yep. So like I can't say it's one person or whatever but because you can't put a price on good content you can't like you can't, you can't put thing, a price on good lighting either yeah <laughs> the first thing that you see like yeah it's mm. it's psychology exactly and also like your content shows who you are as a person so if you are putting in everything that you can for your content that shows oh okay they you know they, they do care. everything yeah they care exactly so like with my OCD PR package you got yeah, you obviously care. So exactly, and now I've got music to use on the show. Yep, feel free to use that. I can send you the instrumental if you want that as like a little intro. So. No lyrics. Yeah, no lyrics. Yeah. yeah, actually, I might take that. You're so welcome. we might be able to use that, and I can use it in the Harley clip too for what we've done. Yep. Social handles. <laughs> what are what are yours? At mix official. Yep. O double F I C I A L. Yep. And that's it. The word. Yep. Anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> I feel so lame saying like, oh, yes, I'm Mix official. <laughs> yeah. Actually, should but, be me on Mick. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. But funnily enough, yep. so I tried to get the Instagram name Mix um, when I first started back in 2014, making all my social media. But there's a company in West End in Brisbane called Mix Nuts. And they literally, no. they have it. They have it. And I tried so hard to get it. But obviously, they'd established themselves online as no. mixed. So then I was like, okay, well, like, mixed music was taken by somebody else. So, and then I just tried official and it worked. So I went with that. But it kind of makes me sound like I'm really up myself. Like, I'm mixed official. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's just <laughs> yeah it sort of does. Nah, but... It only takes a couple of minutes to sort of sit down with yourself and you're not up yourself. No. De- definitely not. <laughs> and yeah, I know some of the um, some of the things that have come out of your mouth today have been funny as and <laughs> in the best possible light. So oh, anyone's listening and think this girl's got an ego or whatever, <laughs> there's not. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I mean, just scroll through like a couple of my Instagram posts or YouTube. You'll see. I promise I'm down to earth. Hundred mm. percent. Anything else you'd like to add? Thank you for having me. I don't know if I said that at the start, but I think so. 
But yeah, just in no. case. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the show. Okay. And yeah, thanks for coming out. On, it's all right. Thank on you to everyone who listened. I really appreciate it. And if you guys could please, I'm so sorry, self promotion is the best promotion. Yep. Please go on to Spotify and stream my new song, Taking Back My Crown. Help me get my monthly listeners up, please. Um, and thank you. <laughs> like, subscribe. Like, <laughs> welcome back to my channel. Yeah. Like, subscribe. Um, no, you don't even need to do that. Please just listen. And um, yeah, I hope you get a message out of it that speaks to you and helps you through absolutely anything. And stay safe and healthy and socially distanced. That's like, everything? Like us right now. Yeah, yeah we're, we're 1.75 <laughs> metres. But um, awesome. Nah, once again, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast.